All right, today we're with Brandon Bridges with McGriff uh, to talk all things insurance. Uh, I guess on the heels of it's hurricane season and uh, Hurricane Idalia, if I pronounce that right, coming through. So uh, our timing is pretty good uh, and our insurance world is a little turned on its head at the moment. So we got a bunch of questions. So Brandon, thanks for joining us today. This is going to be fun. No problem, T. Thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, what you're doing here. I watched some of this, some of your uh, podcasts and some of your TikToks. talks over the over the past couple of years and uh really appreciate what you're doing so um sorry to be here to talk about a uh probably a, a dismal subject for many uh in today's world but uh glad to glad to do it. it's important um everyone needs it and need to try to bring some clarity around why maybe they're seeing some of the things they've seen over the past 12 to 24 months all right that is perfect so i think i used the wrong word i said fun that's not right i think this should be educational and informative <laughs> uh absolutely but uh, but let's let dive into it. So I you know let's I start with sort of hurricane season. But talk, what is the state of the insurance market? Maybe starting with Florida. But what's the state of the insurance world and why? To talk a little bit high level, what's been going on in this this insurance world and the overall, it's it's bigger than just Florida. Even though Florida seems to be the worst of what we are seeing over the past again twelve to twenty four months on a property market that has uh, hardened significantly. Um, just due to many factors. But if you think about high level, how insurance companies are making money, Teague, and there's two primary ways, premiums and investment income. And so when you got an investment uh, investment market and stock market that's doing what it's doing, along with um, things of that nature, and, and then you look at what's going on with the losses and the impacts these hurricanes are having across the uh, Florida panhandle. And, and quite frankly, it's not just uh, hurricanes these days. It's really driving through a lot of losses across the industry which are leading to um, these insurance companies having stricter underwriting terms, et cetera. Specific to, to Adalia or Adalia, however you want to pronounce it, um, I would tell you that for all estimated purposes to be on the, um, I saw something around $10 billion yesterday. When you think about it, they are looking at an already very um, challenging marketplace in the Florida where you've had a lot of extra retraction over the past 12 to 24 months and and the capacity is just sucked dry. So that's led to what you're seeing over the first six months of um, 2023, which is which has been uh, enormous rate hikes. You got the reinsurance challenges and claims um, just just looking past back a couple of years. So how much of those challenges you say looking backwards, are they looking backwards? Oh, we had a big insurance claim last year with Hurricane Ian in the state of Florida, and we lost it. We, the insurers, lost a ton of money. So we're trying to claw back and make up that money. So we got to raise rates this year. How much is it that? So I would tell you, Teague, um, it's it's much bigger than just last year. Um, before Ian, earlier last year, the, the market was already starting to harden for Florida specifically when you're looking at the rates and tightening of terms and conditions and valuations has become a big issue. But when you look at what Ian did prior to that, that was a 65 plus billion dollar loss. Um, that's a massive event that's 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 flipped the market upside down. Today's world, that capacity has dried up for the most part over the past couple of years. And Ian drove a lot of that into the reinsurance marketplace and what we saw, the one one reinsurance treaties driving rates up 40, 50 percent. Uh, uh, Brandon, just thinking, uh, what are the models showing or what's the attitude of I'm not saying the next big one coming, but with the the changes happening in the in the world and more storms coming and bigger ones coming, I, mean, I don't know what what are the models showing or what's the attitude. 
So Teague, um, good question. And, and I think it's Colorado State University is always putting out the forecast projections for hurricanes. Um, and they, they adjusted it earlier this year, or they put it out earlier this year, and then they've adjusted, it, I think, twice now. And they are now predicting, if I'm not mistaken, four major hurricanes in the season. Um, where those hit, we're to be determined, but uh, across, and I think, I, I forget, maybe nine total storms or something. So the, the, the overarching theme over the years for the insurance companies, and you, you look at what's happening so far this year from the first six months and, and a global insured losses of 40, 50 plus billion dollars with 30, 30 to 35% of those coming from a billion of those coming from the U.S. alone and not even from cat before cat season even got started. So you're talking about convective storms and tornadoes and things of that nature. But looking forward, you, you look at this, it, it doesn't seem to be overall climate change and how it's impacting. It's not just hurricanes, right? But it is it is it is becoming a more macro level item from hurricanes to wildfires to to freezes in the Midwest and what we saw a few years ago with derecho and 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 it's just a systemic problem that you're seeing year over year five to seven percent annual growth trend in, in insured losses driven by you know just warming climate is what we're we're hearing out there is the trend so um it's it's and and then back to your earlier point T with more people moving into urban areas and more people buying beach houses and things of that nature um then it, it's just it's just ripe for for continued um, increases in claims and what we're seeing across the board. Yeah, so. you said it in there. Uh, interesting. The model showing five to seven percent increase annually and not just one year. But if we project it, I don't know, 10, 20 years out, that's what the model showing. That's that's not insignificant. It's not at all. It, not at all. So how much um, just just curious, how much going to the residential? This is fun. Uh, you're seeing, uh, maybe I'm thinking the Maui fires or whatever, where you were, I don't call it the people were underinsured, but they, they, there was an event, their house burned down or, and now they, they can't afford to rebuild that. Like just as a yeah, human, thing, that, that seems sad. And that shouldn't like, that's why we have insurance so that we can rebuild and go on with our lives and their lives are going to be forever changed. So it's a major issue and it gets back into what you were talking about earlier and the, the funds and, and the certain areas and, and the, like for Florida example. But again, if you back up to Ian uh, and the 65 plus billion, I think it was somewhere around 15 to 20 billion of that was uninsured um, or whether homeowners decided to self-insure, they just couldn't afford it. They didn't buy have enough insurance to rebuild their homes. It's a systemic problem that we're seeing on, on certain communities, particularly that are to this cat and it's a very sad issue it looks to be trending similarly to what Ian was doing with uninsured or underinsured losses so you know folks have to remember insurance is capital market they are they are they're here to make some money on on the way that they're doing the business and they have to to underwrite accordingly but the way that the capacity has been reduced where carriers used to put up 10 15 20 million dollars in the Florida market now they might put up a sliver of two and a half for the same price or more it's incredible um why is that and but again it's just getting they've gotten hammered and the reinsurance and they're out, driving right. some of that right 
Yeah. And it, that is purely a marketplace driven from the losses and the reinsurance costs at 1-1. And Ian drove all of that. Before Ian, it was probably, you were looking at 10 to 20% and that, that you know, on rate and um, and probably a combination of some inflation and construction materials as well is what we talked about. So, but if I build a better, ho if I build a better hotel, concrete instead of wood, uh, hurricane windows, blah, blah, blah. How, how realistically, one, does it help my rates? But two, does it really help my hotel hold up when the hurricane comes? Uh, actually, we, and, and that's a great question. Um, one, it does help your rates. Um, uh, a frame construction building with non-sprinkler attics is going to be uh, a lot higher than a masonry non-combustible with window rated up to a, a hurricane uh, rated windows. Your rate's going to be lower. Um, but your values, your values are going to be higher, right? So it's all a balancing act. And these insurance companies have gotten really good at that. Um, and, but I will tell you that you do get rewarded. You get better terms, deductibles, et cetera, um, better rates to the, if the insurance company knows that you are taking the necessary steps to build a quality asset um, that could with, with, some of these these storms and, and and again sort of why is that tightening i mean how much of it is macro how much is micro how much of it is oh climate change and there's more potential hurricanes there's more risk coming whether that's hurricanes or fires or whatever how much of it is that again i'm not trying to be political i'm trying to do math oh there were two hurricanes now there's 10 <laughs> these owners or operators or real estate companies how they valued their assets on a portfolio basis over the years um, in the insurance world, we use the replacement cost figures, right? It's not necessarily what the market value is. So what does it actually cost to rebuild that property to like and kind quality? You've, you've seen companies that have not adjusted some of their values in maybe five, 10 years that, that just with large portfolios that may have been valued at $85, $100 a square foot. And in today's world, with the construction costs, inflation costs going on, you're seeing, you're seeing, um, massive increases on some of these values and what these insurance companies are doing when you think about blanket limits of insurance for a massive portfolio they may have you know let's just say um 500 million dollars of total insured values across their portfolio maybe 50 percent of that is in florida-based or cat area prone areas texas california etc they're they're somewhat protected under the old programs that you could get away with back in the day from from a replacement cost valuation method. You tack on the valuations, tack on the low investment income, um, um, macroeconomic level, and you look at the, the cost of these losses, not just hurricane, but earthquakes, and what we're seeing out in the Midwest with freezes and, and droughts and the wildfires. I mean, it's, it's leading to a massive amount of, um, of overall, just nat more and more natural catastrophes leading to higher rates across the board. And there's more people, right? More population. So instead of it hitting whatever it is, hitting a rural area, it's hitting populated area. And that's Correct. natural, right? Uh, I'm curious, how, how much overlap? Like, are my premiums in Georgia going to cover Florida or something? Is the guy in Montana paying for California? Or like, are they allowed to do that? Or is that not really the case? It does have a small impact, I would say, overall, when you talk about those, particularly those insurance companies that provide large single limits of insurance, large programs with offer massive limits. 
you might see a trickle down effect of some of that as you blend the rates together, as they blend it across their portfolio and their book of businesses. Um, but for the most part, um, I would tell you these specialty carriers in the, the London marketplace, the Bermuda marketplace, some of the, the non-admitted carriers that are focused generally on cat areas, you know, that's where they're, they're really keeping the rate increases um, prone to those areas and, and charging accordingly for the different type of cat exposure, whether you're in Florida wind or South Carolina wind versus um, uh, maybe the Northeastern wind. It's, um, and, and they're really relying on the modeling today the property modeling out there to, to as they get more and more data over the years to really look down into a, a portfolio to say, OK, what's our exposure here? What kind of capacity do we have? What kind of reinsurance capacity do we have at the carrier level and that we can comfortably offer across the board? Lots more questions jumping into my head. One, and this may be more of a complaint than a question. You talk about wind, right? So you mentioned wind specifically, and that made me think of, well, you got wind, but okay, did the wind get my hotel or house or structure, or did the flood get my hotel or structure, or was it rain uh, somewhere in there as a fire? And I got to be covered for all of those because if I'm covered for wind, but the flood got me. Oops, sorry about that, sir. You're not covered. Am I correct here? The joys of insurance. Yeah, you are correct in that there are some limitations in the coverage. If I heard the 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 um, question correctly, but you know, you have if if you are a hotel owner or operator and you have a Florida asset on the in Destin, Florida, for example, and you have a, a ninety million dollar asset, let's just call it that, and and the carriers today that program, which maybe had three or four insurance companies participating in it to provide you all coverage, meaning what I'm going to say is all other perils or AOP in our world is how we call it. So it gives you the fire, the traditional uh, tornado minus a tornado being caused by a named windstorm. And then they will used to where they could include some named windstorm coverage and up to that they are severely limiting their coverages these days. That's the the uh, the impact these 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 hurricanes and years and years of of hurricanes over the past six to eight years are really racking up um, on the cost. How all right now I'm getting worried about the health of the insurance market and I'm thinking about the reinsurers. You've said that a couple of times, but I'm my brain went to California uh, and Allstate and State Farm pulling out of a state simply saying we're not going to insure whether that's residential or hospitality or the other um yep. how concerned should we be about that insurance companies simply saying we are not going to offer coverage yes the all state the state farm in california i want you to think that while they do write commercial lines traditionally they're more in the homeowners space right in our world there was a significant adjustment in the in the cat market um, in late 22, following Ian uh, into 2023. We've made those adjustments. If we have another bad season, all bets off the table. But if it's a fairly decent season, you still may have some retraction from certain markets that compete on. But what you're seeing is a lot less capacity. You don't have those massive $50, $50 million limits. Maybe some large insurance companies as part of a portfolio will still give you that. They may reduce some, but some of these puzzle piece programs that I'm talking about, um, we, we saw a lot of that adjustment this year. So you might have to pick and choose within that puzzle piece to replace some of those as they, if they uh, decide to leave the market. I just don't anticipate without a massive storm event or some unknown event that's creating more disruption that's already there. 
to create that kind of a event in the commercial side, if that makes sense. So help me, I, what are the chances rates go down in future years? Never the crystal ball question, right? I would tell you we're not anywhere close um, to uh, a decrease in the property marketplace, uh, spe specifically for cap markets, even non-cap markets. I would tell you we're starting to see things come up for the later part of this year for non-cap markets um, that are, you know, 10 to 20 percent range. I would be, and that's that's conservative on what we're seeing, and that's just on rate before you get into some of the valuation challenges that people are still dealing with. So I don't anticipate price decreases as we go forward. I could be wrong, but uh, I, I see this ticking up. Uh, underwriters are taking a more methodical approach. They're being stricter, be prepared for some of these stricter underwriting terms and, and possibly taking on more risk. So how, how much is um, yeah, the interest rates impact the cost of insurance? Again, insurance companies. Two primary ways to make income, premiums and investment income and, and, and interest rates fall into some of that. They do have a significant impact. Um, and higher interest rates tends to be directly cor correlated to the profitability insurance companies being a little bit better um, just on, on some of those um, interest bearing investments that they have. So it does offset, in my, my opinion, to some extent, some of the underwriting metrics that they go into and maybe help out a little bit, but not to a, a major extent. It's really focused right now in the, uh, uh, especially in the cat world, about riding their ship, making, making sure that they are properly charging for the exposure that they have on the table. So I, what I was, part of where my head went was the one we got to pray for uh, a light, you know, um, uh, hurricane season or fire season or wind season or what have you. So we'll pray for light seasons, but you also have, uh, I'm going to call it inflation, but rising cost of construction, right? That's yeah. in there. You now you have interest rates that are in there. Uh, there's lots of different factors that are going into this, the, the cost of our premiums. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the health of the industry is really what I am. And winter insurers not going to insure certainly raising rates, but when are they not going to insure? When should I be worried about the reinsurance market? It seems like there's still a ton of capital out there. So the reinsurance market is healthy. Uh, when that, when that collapses, and now I'm thinking Florida, they have, if I believe it correct, they have a state-backed uh, um, fund, for lack of a better word. So that when the private market collapses and the, and the insurers aren't going to the state, there's a backstop of public funds that will backstop that. So they'll continue to insure in the state. Am I correct? That is correct to to some so citizens is part of that and they do have a Florida um, backstop fund for some of that. Now the question is that is is how is that going to play out in the event that we just have a massive event and and things just go haywire? That's going to be an interesting conversation if we have a a, a hundred billion dollar loss in Florida and and I would just say it's going to lead to a massive exodus, more exodus, more chaos than what we're already saw the past 12 months in Florida. Um, it's, but Florida is the talk of the town. I mean, so people determine, let's just pray for a, uh, pray for a light season, right? Yeah. For lots of reasons. That's what it sounds like. Do, do you like it or not like it when there's sort of chaos in, in your world? Is that good for business? I, it makes our job, it makes our job extremely difficult. I, I tell you, it's, um, it's, 
it, it's funny, Teague, I was with uh, my nine-year-old son the other day, um, and it's just been the first six months of the year prior to hurricane season is always the busiest for the hotel world. Anybody with cat risk or any, any real estate asset or operational components try to get things in before the season starts. But I was with my nine-year-old son. We were playing video games one evening the other night, um, and, and he looked over at me, and he said, Dad, you're, um, you, you have grandpa hair. And I was like, okay, well, thank you, sir. That's what uh, six months of this market will do to you. So I would tell you it's, it's challenging because you want, we try our best to communicate. We try to educate on what's going on um, in the global insurance market, how that ties into what's going on here in the USA, and then how it ties into what you're doing specifically at your location level to paint the best picture get out in front of the process. It's just taken longer than ever to walk through a renewal process with these clients. So do I like it? No, I, I like to plan along with the clients and work through it as best we can. Um, it's just, we're not, we're not in a, a buyer's market, unfortunately. Tell me what I, yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> no. Tell me what I, if I'm uh, on my reinsurance date, what can I be doing? What should I be doing to get prepared? What advice would you give? Yeah, so I would tell you um, for your renewal fee, for anyone out here, get started early, get started often. It's more important than ever. I would say, when I, what I mean by that, 120, 150 days out. You know, start the process of planning. Start with a blank page approach um, this year. Understand that, that the traditional way of how you've insured your assets, either property or casualty, understand you're going to endure some challenges. The traditional way of how you value your, valued your assets, understanding replacement cost appraisals, opening up, being transparent with um, your story, getting in front of, engaging with your broker and engaging, bringing yourself into the mix. And you know, it's, it's powerful for these, these underwriters are seeing stacks of paper daily and and their paper pushing to some extent trying to just get through the next uh next piece of paper to, to get a renewal done two days after it's already renewed and trying to backdate capacity so walking through it early and often creating a, a story to go tell sit down with the underwriters have them into your office it's it goes a long way brandon this is great and wrapping up but why are you giving out advice to people uh, what what sort of advice and or what resources maybe are available to the victims, uh, people impacted by Hurricane Adelia and or others coming this year? Yeah, so so there's, there's lots of resources out there. We do a lot of other brokers, insurance companies. You have the loss, really a focus on loss control, really evaluating you know, as if those that were impacted by this storm, really digging in, hey, what, what happened here? Is there certain things that I can do to, to better enhance my asset to, to you know, um, looking at the construction type of or construction upgrades that you can do to help paint a story or to document all of that as you get into your renewals, particularly if you had damages or, or a claim here. So you can help, again, attack the process with your uh, with your insurance company. So lean into your broker for some of that. If they if they deal in the cat space, they're going to have those relationships and help get you some help down there as quickly as possible. Brandon, thank you, thank you again very much for the time. Thank you. This is great. Take care, guys. All right, bye.